Hello, this is Mitch and Grant back with Kaleidoscope episode two. This episode is going to be about drugs in every definition of the word. And I figure we'll start the discussion with marijuana since that's the drug that's on everyone's mind nowadays. Especially considering we just got legalized in, what is it, eight more states after the 2017 election? Mm hmm. Yeah. So it's in Colorado, Nevada, California. Uh, Washington State, I think even Alaska now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they probably need that. It's cold over that motherfucking place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alaska, they don't got much to do. They just got to smoke weed yeah. and drink. They got a huge drinking problem up there, too. Yeah. But alcohol is a, for later discussion. So, anyway. Mm-hmm. You know how marijuana is in Schedule 1 still with the DEA? Right, yeah. Back a couple of years ago, they were going to try to reschedule it and get it lowered down, but they left it in Schedule 1. God knows why, but uh, okay. the definition of Schedule 1 is that it has no medical benefits, and that's just not true. I mean, you can read all the articles about it. Right. We know that it has medical benefits. You know, some of them might be a little overstated and um, de- determined by the genetics of the individual, like this claims that they can help with anxiety because in some people they could induce anxiety but in a lot of individuals um it would probably help with anxiety um at least for me i mean that's why i like to smoke it um but yeah most people i know uh, will get paranoid <laughs> when they smoke it you'll hear about that so a lot of people uh, don't like it for that reason but we do know that it can shrink cancer cells or tumors rather and it definitely helps with uh, epilepsy and seizures. And those are things that have been proven over and over again by multiple studies. Right. Well, I think also, we had talked about this prior when you first got here, prescription medication, right? The whole thing, the whole, the whole thing where because it's prescribed by a doctor, it's okay. It's not stigmatized to the extent that, you know, recreational drugs are. Well, see, the thing about marijuana is that the problem with the reason they don't want it to be legal is because anyone can grow it. You know, I mean, pharmaceutical drugs can only be manufactured, and so you have to purchase them. But if anyone can grow weed, there'd be no reason to go and buy it, and so it's not it's not marketable on a mass scale. Right. And, yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it should be pretty clear cut that it has nothing to do with with any kind of government agency giving a fuck about you and your health because, you know, look at the overarching picture, right? So say, for instance, people who need health care the most, people who need the most help get the least help. So you have a problem, they're not going to accept you. The healthier you are, the more willing they are to accept you. So the same goes with drugs. They'll push cigarettes, like that's fine, that's fine, drinking, that's fine, you know, because they can control those, they can profit off of that. But when it, and you know, obviously prescription drugs as well. Everything, you know, there are more fucking side effects to a prescription drugs than than there are benefits for the individual drug. The drug will treat one thing, and then you have like fucking seven side effects, and then it's just this cycle where these people will have some kind of issue. They'll be put in doctors' overwillingness to prescribe. They prescribe medications rather than listening to the to the patient and trying to determine what's truly wrong like that they'll prescribe something 
Well, another major problem with that is uh, individual genetic variability. And so different people will respond differently to different medicines. And this isn't really that heavily researched. I mean, it's being researched, but we know hardly anything about it because the way that the entire pharmaceutical industry and medical industry is set up is that everyone is the same. You know, if you have strep throat, here's penicillin. If you have depression, here's an SSRI. Like, it's set up to, to treat everyone as if they'll respond the same to every drug and then see what happens and go from there. But genetic variability among individuals is so great. Uh, there's some chemical, I forgot what it's called, but um, certain individuals in a study were able to detect the chemical in 50,000 times less of a concentration than other people were. So that's like, I, if I were to give you um, one microgram of this chemical, you could feel its effects. Whereas another person, I'd have to give 50,000 micrograms for them to right. have the same effect. And so it, you know, that's completely not looked at. It's like alcohol is a great example of that. Like some people have a really great relationship with alcohol, you know. They can use it and enjoy it, but it never takes over their lives. Whereas other people are literally willing to die for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's true. That's a problem that, that pervades all of our understanding of medicine is just the fact that each individual is different in the way they respond to it. Yeah, well, you know, too, like like I was saying, when it comes to these medications and this, that, and the other. They don't. They don't care. It has really little to do. You know, they're talking about, oh, we're not going to legalize it because of this, that, and the other. It doesn't fucking matter. They, they, they really couldn't care less about your well-being. If they did, you know, it'd be easier to be insured. If they did, they would you be mean more. The government is that what you mean by they? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they would be more diligent. So it's really just more about. It's about. Obviously, it's about profits. About profit margin, like you said, that that anyone can grow it. It's not. It's that, out of their control. That's that agenda is being pushed by the pharmaceutical companies, the actual corporations, not the government itself. Although you could argue that the government is being manipulated by the corporations through lobbying, but that's a different topic altogether. Right. Well, they allow it. I mean, obviously, it it goes back to the pharmaceutical companies. You know, the the government is their bitch. That's evident. But it's still it's the fact that they should be the governing power. They should be the ones who enforce or you know, enforce a law or create a new law or whatever. The federal government itself, you mean? Right. Yeah. But well, instead, you know, should. they're they're a puppet. That's it. It's just it's they're they're underneath. It's an umbrella, and they're they're beneath the pharmaceutical companies. And I've seen it. And and also, you know, look at and this kind of goes a little bit touches a, a little bit on the the previous podcast we did about the youth, right, and anxiety and this, that, and the other. Okay, well, I think a lot of that has to do with the Internet, but that's, I don't want to reiterate what we had already discussed. Yeah. But what is important and what is relevant to this is, again, these kids, you know, kids, let's say, look at look at it realistically, okay? Parents now have to work harder, they have to work longer to afford to feed their families, all right? So they have less time for their children, well, the children are being, you know, kind of neglected. They, they're they kind of lost. And so, you know, they act up or they're hyper or they're this or they're that. Well, they're just being children. That's a child being a child. Well, what do we do? The the mother, the father says, oh, well, my kid's fucked up. Something's wrong with him. He's off. Well, the kid get put, gets put on fucking Ritalin or Adderall or ADHD, whatever. Yeah. yeah, he gets put on something. 
that he shouldn't be on. He becomes a fucking zombie. Well, you know, Adderall is actually methamphetamine. Yeah. It might be an isomer or a chemical derivative of it, but I'm pretty sure it's it's actual methamphetamine. I'm going to check real quick. Okay. But basically it's, uh, you know, these kids are put on this stuff. Obviously, it, it, it's unnatural. It fucks them up. And, you know, I would love to see the statistics between the correlation between children who are on this stuff who later go on to have issues with other sorts of, you know, prescription drug abuse and, and whatnot. Uh, but either way, you know, look at the culture now, especially more specifically the Xanax culture. That is a huge sticking point now, 2018, Xanax culture. The, the, the abuse of prescription drugs generally. Ge- well, generally, but Xanax is a, is a huge one in the youth community. You know? So is Adderall. Adderall is too, but Xanax is, I mean, look at like the shitty rap music you hear today. It's highly, highly, I mean, there is a rapper fucking called Lil Xan. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, half their fucking songs are about doing Xanax and lean and all this shit. Wanted to numb things out, but... Again, that reaches back to the previous topic, but more importantly, it's the fact that look at these drugs. These drugs, you know, they're serious. The other rapper, what was his name? Lil Peep. Lil Peep. He was on uh, he was on Xanax, but what these kids don't understand is that they're cut with shit like fentanyl and all kinds of things. You know, very these are very dangerous substances. And in there are drugs that are I think that you know, like weed, which we were originally talking about. Yeah, there's no legitimate reason for it to be illegal. It's fucking ridiculous. Everyone knows that. It's just, it permeates the culture. It's never going away. It's fine. I don't see the big fucking deal. has lots of benefits. And even even the drawbacks, whatever, they're, they're very few. It's just more, some people do get anxious. Some people have these problems, this, that. Just don't fucking do it. But the well, people who want to, I don't see the big problem. The main problem that most people would have about it is that it would make people lazy. That, that's well, that's the standard a, argument. Which is a fucking absurd argument. Here's yeah. the thing. Like, I know a lot... Most of the people that I know personally smoke weed. Almost all of them. And here's the thing. They were lazy as fuck before yeah. you they can't, smoked. You can't blame the weed. If it wasn't going to be weed, it would have been something else. You oh, know? yeah. Like, that, that's an absurd... Some, something. And, I, and I know people who work like hell who just like to wind down and smoke a little at night. Yeah. So, it's about the person. The drug may exacerbate it, but they made that decision that that type of person inherently... It's, the drug is little to do with it, you know, so that that's irrelevant largely. But what I'm talking about is the prescription, the prescription, uh, prescription drugs and the pharmaceutical companies and pushing this shit it, like Xanax. It's, you know, oh, you have anxiety, anxiety, my anxiety. Going back to the previous episode, so many people claim to have fucking anxiety. It's not it's it's bullshit. It's just internet culture, and then people are, because of the age of the internet and because of all the things that it entails, people are incredibly sensitive. They're very, very sensitive. And so the smallest thing fucking triggers someone because they're not used to being out in reality and being, that's part of life is being uncomfortable. That didn't used to be a thing 30 years ago. No, absolutely not. I don't think so. Like, no one one said, like, oh, I have anxiety 30 years ago. I mean, if you had, if you felt that like that, you just kept that shit to yourself. Yeah. And I, I feel like, it might sound like a bad thing that people had to just keep that stuff to themselves, but I think in a way it's a good thing because it, it fosters um, your ability to bootstrap yourself into normality. In a well, sense. you have to be, sometimes you just have to, 
power through it. Yeah, I mean, we all I mean. are going to be fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, and if there, you if you spread the message through the culture that you're that it's okay to not power through it, like you were saying. Well, what we've done now is foster a culture that is more about the acceptance of weakness. You know, it's it's okay to be weak. It's okay to be feeble. It's okay to be not okay and all this shit. But, you know, I, I would argue, yeah, it's, it's okay to not be totally stable. None of us are. That's part of being human. It's fucking nuts just to be alive, you know. But that that's ancillary to the problem. So it's people's willingness to mute what's inside with drugs. How you use it, it's your personal choice. And frankly, I think nearly all drugs should be legal. That's really the gist of this entire episode, at least from my perspective. I don't I think it's your personal choice. Keep it out of the hands of kids, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm talking more about the hypocrisy behind a lot of government influenced decisions about how, you know, it's a smoking cigarettes which are I mean, are fucking terrible for you. What's just come on? There are thousands of chemicals within a fucking cigarette, in the standard cigarette. It's just absurd to even argue, you know, uh, in favor of it. If you want to do it, you absolutely should have the right to do it. That's your choice as an individual. But it's fucking terrible for you. Your choice, though. Still, still, when it comes to all these pharmaceutical drugs, you know, I've known a lot of people who have died as a result of these types of drugs and, and this, that, and the other. And I, I'm not saying that they should be illegal or this, that, or the other. They have their uses, and they made personal choices to do these drugs, knowing, more than likely, the consequences. You know, But that that's just the way it is. The issue that I have are pharmaceutical companies and the government particularly saying, oh, it's okay. You know, And people are, these doctors are, you know, not willing to just fucking listen to a patient. They throw a bunch of fucking pills at them. You know, they become hooked on them, and then they don't need them. Whatever they're selling them, fucking. I I know people personally who do that shit. Who who get Xanax, and then you know for whatever reason, and then they just fucking sell it to some kid, and then they get hooked on the shit. And it just because they, oh they have anxiety. You don't really fucking have anxiety. It's just that you haven't been the fuck outside. And lived in the real world and had to get your hands dirty or get a little fucking uncomfortable like the rest of us. You know, it's, it's part of life. Like, okay, here's a short segue. When I was in sixth grade, there was this kid. Nice guy. Nice kid. Everybody liked him. All right. Still, uh, we were in class and all of a sudden, this girl who frankly was kind of a cunt. She was known to be a cunt mm. throughout school. Huh? The C word, yeah, the C word. Bring it out the fucking big nut. Bring it out the fucking big nut. She was, she was a dick, you know. She, she always to everybody. So she she points at his little wee wee. You know, we're we're like fucking eleven, twelve. You know what I mean? He, you know, when you're a kid, when you're a kid, you just get random boners. It happens. It just fucking happens. Hell, I still get random boners. I don't know. I can't fucking explain it. It just happens. You're like, oh, oh shit. Well, you know, when you're when you're twelve, you're like, oh shit. So this little this little fella, nice sweetest kid, you know, we were pals. He gets a fucking random boner. Girl mercilessly laughs at him. Just <laughs> brutal. Like just has to endure. And then everybody starts pointing and laughing. His oh. wee wee's hard eye. <laughs> and like he he pees himself because he's so embarrassed. So obviously you, you can imagine it's fucking mortifying. 
You know, I'm not even that old, but still. You know what he did? He fucking powered through it. That's what he did. He went home, changed his fucking pants probably, and then the next day came back to fucking school and just, yeah, we made fun of him. I didn't make fun of him, but people made fun of him, and he just had to eat it for a while, and he probably was uncomfortable and and whatever, and then, you know, things just kind of, the next embarrassing thing happened to some other kid and whatever, and then life went the fuck on. That's the way life works. But see, now what happens is, let's fast forward. That was, I don't fucking know, like, 15 years ago, 10, I don't fucking know, whatever. Long time ago. Now, however, when th- when something like this were to happen in 2018, you know, something like, kid kid gets boner, other kid makes fun of him, he's getting fucking sued by this kid's parents. Trigger warning, he's got to go to a safe fucking space over here. It's in, like, a fucking glass room, whatever. It's padded and all this shit. Like, he... It's a whole ordeal. He's triggered, and then he gets anxiety, and he's just, uh, uh, and he's just fucking tethered by it, and it's just dragging him down. And then he's on all of a sudden he's on medication. Well, I think that's just a natural consequence of the fact that we're making the world a more and more comfortable place to live in, in every sense of the word comfortable. It's fucking too comfortable. You're just well, not I'm, supposed to be that comfortable. So, so there's a line then that needs to be drawn. We should. Because we shouldn't be living out in the woods, right? Mm-mm. But no, we want to evolve. Yeah, but we want to evolve. How do you know that this? You know, just playing devil's advocate here. Okay. How do you know that this isn't the course of evolution? Maybe, it, maybe it's deviated to the side a little bit, but maybe this is the general right direction. Well, I think there's a simple answer for that. It's fostered a weaker society. Okay, so that it, has problems. Well, the right. fact that society is weaker has problems because if there's some kind of aberration, that weakness makes those people vulnerable. Absolutely. But, if, if shit were to get, to put it in simple terms, if shit were to get real, these yeah. people would be fucked. But if there's no aberration, then it actually is a pretty good thing. Well, for I mean, them. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I'm saying is that we're making it out to be a bad thing here. And mm-hmm. maybe it is. But the only reason we're making it out to be a bad thing, this whole comfort society, is. That whenever there's aberrations and discomfort, it is a thousand times worse than it would be for someone who's been conditioned to those kinds of kinds of things. Yes. But if there's never, if we get to a point, say, where we get so good at it, that there's none of that. There's no, no one makes fun of anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Then, in that in that case, it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. If no one made fun of anyone, then then there'd be no negative consequences at all to having people be soft and weak. Sure, sure. But the thing is, is we've... This isn't... I don't want to say it isn't real. Because, it, you know, it's real, but... It's more or less... It's it's more of a veil, a facade. We're just a bunch of fucking monkeys in suits. You know, we're trying to play like we're more civilized than we really are. At the end of the day, you'd eat a motherfucker if you had to. And who's to say it won't come to that one? One day it will. One day, you know, it, it, it's cyclical. We've discussed this many times, many times. Life, humanity is a cyclical issue where we will eventually grow and grow and evolve and then we will implode and restart. That's not to say we'll lose all progress, but we will step back a little bit. And we'll just go at each other's fucking throats. So it's created a weaker community a weaker environment where back i fucking hate to even utter the phrase back in my day 
<laughs> not even 30 but which is sad like that's the fucked up part yeah. how how incredibly you it's know, happening faster it and faster yeah well it is absolutely so in in my day when when i was a, a wee lad uh you know, I got my... Look, I'm a fucking bespeckled ginger with a gigantuan fucking nose like a bird. Trust me, I was mercilessly fucking picked at. Okay? You know how many times I was called Mitch the Bitch? Oh, dear God. It's not even clever. It's it's so easy. But fine, fine. So I was tore apart. I had terrible fucking fashion taste. I used to wear Hawaiian shirts and gold chains. And no, not fucking ironically, that didn't exist then. Oh. All right, my dad gave me a gold chain. Here you go, son. I was like, oh, that's nice. And I wore like these shitty shirts. <laughs> I can probably pull it off now, but not then. It was fucking terrible. So I was a lanky, gangly motherfucker. So, you know, I was tore apart. But you know what? It just made me a tough motherfucker. Like, I, it, yeah, of course, when I was young, it hurt my feelings. I was sensitive, whatever. I, I've been there. You know, fucking bullied, picked on, whatever, fucking got into fights with other kids. But it made me strong. It made me a fighter. It made me clever. It made me willing to go the extra mile. You know, I'd outsmart the motherfucker talking to me, I would, who, who's talking shit to me. I would, I would go above and beyond. It just made me a tough person. When you're thrown adversity, when you have to face adversity... It tests your it tests your metal as a man as a woman. It tests you as a human, and what has happened is that everybody wants to be so fucking comfortable. But here's the thing: there are billions of people on Earth. There's no fucking possible way that each and every single one of us can be uncom- can be completely and utterly comfortable without making another person uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a zero sum game. Absolutely. So the solution is: I'm not saying you know sacrifice all of of your values your morals what you want no i'm not saying that i'm saying that you have to learn to compromise i'm saying that sometimes life's gonna take a big steamy fucking dump on you and you just gotta instead of like being angry that you have been shot upon and suing someone or there's a fucking trigger warning and someone goes to a safe place or you're put on some medication because it's a traumatic event. Maybe just, I don't know, hose the shit off and just get the fuck back on. I think what you're saying is people are just playing victims rather than taking responsibility. Even if they're not responsible for something that happened to them, you can at least be responsible for the way you respond to it. Sure. And be responsible for pulling yourself back up out of it rather than just blaming all your problems on the world. Yeah, I'm not saying that, you know, all oh, these people, it's your fault. It's, not at all. It, it may not be. It may be somebody else's fault. But going back to drugs, it's created dependency. And, you know, these, these fucking pharmaceutical companies are, are laughing all the way to the bank. You know, it's they're profiting off of your weakness because you can't just nut the fuck up and your parents don't have time to raise you properly because they're fucking busy, because they're getting raped in the ass financially, uh, because of the times and whatnot then that child is left directionless. And trust me, many of my friends, many people I've known, very much fit within this category where they weren't raised, their parents just weren't around, and they had no direction. And as a result, they fell into drugs, and, and, you know, they just stay on it. And, you know, I feel for them to an extent. There are ways to to get off the shit, but, you know, I know this was meant to, to... advocate a lot of drug use and i stand by that i absolutely do but i'm talking 
just right now within this pocket about how they have their uses. You know, I do think prescription drugs, I think genuinely, not like the anxiety shit, this, the other, like the heart medication I'm on for the heart surgery stuff. It's incredible. It really, like I was telling you before, it does tremendous things for the human heart. And there's so much, there's so many amazing, amazing things happening within science and medication that really can save lives and, and help people. Um, but it's a thin line. And what I'm talking more is about how, you know, you can't really abuse that drug. It's a fucking beta blocker. You can, you'll die. Your heart will just stop if you want to, you want to take a bunch of them, I guess. You ain't going to live very fucking long. You don't feel good. Your heart's just going to fucking stop beating. Uh, but I'm talking more about, you know, Xanax and other, and other things like Adderall where these children just are, are without guidance. Their, their parents don't know what to do. They're not around enough. And I'm not entirely blaming the parents. It's it's a lot of the just the way of the world as it is now. And these kids are put on a bunch of shit. They don't know, you know, they don't feel like themselves. And then later on, they, they, you know, they feel unfulfilled because life is so comfortable. Life is so easy. A little bit hearkening back to the previous episode, shit is so simple. And there's so little turmoil in their lives. You would not believe the dates that I'd been on. Where, you know, you hear about their horrific past. And I'm just, I'm like, that's fucking it? Really? Really? That's pathetic. You know? Uh, so, they, they, they've they never really faced adversity. And because, as a result, they feel unfulfilled. And then they look to drugs to, to fill the void or to mask it or, what, you know, what have you. But what I'm saying is that's a problem because it's pushed and it's, and it's okay with the government... And, the, you know, the pharmaceutical companies are pushing the government's like, oh, yeah, it's fucking fine. You know, we're just being thrown meds and then these people are on a bunch of bullshit and they feel like trash later in their life where their actual drug, something as fucking tame and meek as weed. Yeah. You know, is, is illegal. Come on. I think it, it's pretty obvious, but I don't know. I've had conversations with people who have never thought of this before, believe it or not. But I think it's pretty obvious that whether a drug is legal or not has no bearing on its uh, physical safety. Yeah, for sure. At all. I mean, some of the, the safest drug by by definition of physical safety, which is the pharmaceutical ratio. It's the ratio of the lethal dose to the active dose, to the dose where you can feel it. And ironically, LSD has is the safest drug that we know of. You can take about 10,000 times the effective dose where you'll feel it 10,000 times as much and you won't die. Yeah. I mean, you might be psychologically fucked up for the rest of oh, your life. Oh, yeah, for but sure. But you won't die, you at could. least. But, but it's people's misinterpretation of, of the drug. Yeah. You know? There's a lot. And I think m- most of this comes from fear. Fear, and which leads to ignorance. You know, people are misinformed. And people are terrified of what they don't understand. And, of course, you know, I don't know. It, I... I think overall it's a very enlightening experience it's a very informative I, I think it's misused there are people who want to see colors and only colors and that's it you know they don't fucking care about learning or growing i think drugs can be used for a myriad of reasons and i think particularly any drug that helps you grow helps you learn reach new heights as a per- as a person you know in every capacity i think that is a, should be encouraged 
you know. You're talking about psychedelics now. Yeah. I want to save that more toward the end of the podcast. Okay. But I want to ask you though, do you do you think that all drugs should be legal? I know you said you did. Good question. That's a really good question. And uh, let's just say we make them all legal. What are you going to do if someone gets found with some? Is it just going to be like having cigarettes where nothing happens at all, or are they going to get treatment? Or that's a very good question. See, I think all drugs should be legal, but there should be treatment made available, not necessarily forced. Yes, you shouldn't I take do, them away in handcuffs and force I them. I do agree with this. I think, yes, I don't think it should be... I I think all drugs should be legal. Uh, I don't think there should be criminalization at all for them. You know, as long as far as doing the drug or possessing the drug. Yeah, I mean... Most, but I do think we absolutely should in, encourage them. Because here's the thing. Making a drug, as someone who's known many drug addicts and many drug addicts who are now fucking dead... As a result, I can assure you the fact that they're illegal has no fucking bearing on their willingness uh, or unwillingness to do them. They, it, it does not matter. Okay, If anything, I would argue that a person, particularly that's how a lot of people get into drugs, you know, rebellion, it's, it's, it's the uh, misfit lifestyle, would push them more toward it. If it were more normalized or legal, I would argue there's a chance that less people would be interested at the outset. Now, you know, could I be wrong? Absolutely, you know? Yeah. But I think the argument for legalization, I've heard that argument about people would be less inclined to do it if it's not seen as some um, glorious, you know, mm-hmm. vilifying aspect of drugs being there with because they're legal. But I think the biggest argument to make them legal is the load on the prison system and what that costs Absolutely. the taxpayer. That's what and I was going to get into. what that costs in individuals' lives. I mean, if you spend five years of your life in prison because, you know, you have a little bit of cocaine or something. I like, agree. That that was actually going to be my biggest point Yeah. anyway. Um, so it's just fitting that you touched on it. Yes. I mean, there are so many... That's why it's such an interesting topic because there's so many reasons why it should be legal. First of all, I mean, first, most simply, is it's, it's your fucking choice, right? It's it's this, it's like the seatbelt law, okay? Yeah. If you don't want to wear a seatbelt, seat what does it fucking matter? It, it doesn't affect anybody. Now, the only caveat to that, I would add, are people who have children. You know, that... Yeah. It is. It's a murky area. You have but kind of a responsibility. Absolutely, and I do... That is where, you know, it's a... It's you're on fucking thin ice. It's it's very fragile. It's a lot of fragility in that area. However, I would still say to that 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 per you know uh, the child of of a drug addict or drug addicts, if both of their parents uh, have drug abuse problems, those parents are probably still fucking drug addicts. I don't think it would it matter if they're legal illegal. You know, if they're junkies, they're junkies. It's yeah. it's really not going to make. I don't think. Uh, let me give you a realistic scenario. Could you fathom, realistically now, could you fathom two people who, you know, a a couple who are very straight-laced, do everything the right way, clean living, etc., have a child, and then tomorrow meth becomes legal? They're like, oh, well, honey, we got to start doing meth, and then they get into meth. Most of the people who choose to do drugs or even not to do drugs... The fact that they're legal has very little influence on their Absolutely. decision. Absolutely, absolutely, it's it's really not yeah. 
relevant. No I mean, one doesn't no do one, meth. Yeah. No like, one if you're going to do meth, you're no going to fucking do meth. Or no one doesn't do any drug because it's illegal. There mm-hmm. might be a few people that are just like... Again, I would argue that a lot of people do them. Like, why do you think people drink when they're 14? You don't really want to fucking yeah. drink when you're 14. But it's you do so, it because it's, it's like it's taboo. Yeah, but if you take even basic precautions, it's so easy to buy drugs and possess them and use them without getting caught by the police. I mean... Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, all this... It boils down to really two... Two or three prominent points. You know, one, it should be your personal liberty, period. That's really, there's just not much else to be made out of. Two, obviously, the huge effect on the spending of not you know, not only on the prison systems, but the police force and and just chasing shit for no reason. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's all intertwined. It's, it's, it's the reason that, you know, marijuana is a Schedule One substance. In the federal level, it's up there with heroin, but states now don't enforce it like that there might be a few southern states like i think uh i think like south carolina and georgia you still get arrested for possession of marijuana but north carolina um and pretty much every other state north of north carolina um has decriminalization at least decriminalization where you get a ticket you know like in north carolina you get a 200 hundred dollar possession ticket that right. goes on your record for seven years i think but, you know, it's nothing serious. You don't get arrested for it, even though it's a federal crime and it's a, it's a felony Schedule One substance. But well, there, is, are, there are so many antiquated laws. Like, just this is off topic, but uh, this may not be the case anymore. There's some, like, if you go back in and look at a lot of these old laws, they're fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one where, um, I believe is in North Carolina. Again, may not, I'm sure they don't enforce this, but it's illegal to live together with someone you're not married to. Like, like as a couple, like oh. living with a girlfriend or something or, hmm. you know, whatever, like that, that's illegal or <laughs> it was again, because it hasn't been enforced. The books, maybe. Like interracial relationships as someone in one <laughs> was fucking illegal in the state of North Carolina until like the sixties or something. Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. Like interracial, I think interracial marriage. Uh, so like her and I, if, if this were, you know, 50, 60 years ago, we couldn't be married. It's illegal. They wouldn't, like, nope. You'd have to like do some fucking seedy underground marriage shit, which I don't even still think it would be enforced the marriage. So, I mean, it's interesting, and just goes to show you like we get shit wrong. We get we just we get shit wrong. Like, yeah. look at alcohol, okay, and it shows you how mercurial the system is. Where, okay, alcohol been legal since fucking forever. Then there's this whole prohibition area, and we're like, nope, nope, fuck you. It was just an experiment to see. Let's yeah. see how well we can prohibit something. Yeah, and then it, it failed miserably, yeah, and people actually, were like, nope, we're going to fucking drink, fuck you, since forever. And then now we're like, oh, okay, yep, 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 have your shit back. I mean, the, the simple, it's just, anyone with a, a a simple economics degree can tell you that prohibition achieves the opposite of what it's meant to. Like, the reason that the reason that we have, you know, the DEA patrolling the border between Mexico trying to stop drugs coming through is just out of principle. They're just they're just doing that so every now and then they can capture some drugs and think, hey, we saved this much drugs from making it into the U.S. But it doesn't work like that on the large scale. What you're doing is you're you're increasing the scarcity of product, right? So, you know, if the cartel is going to ship up a hundred pounds of cocaine, right? Let's say that e- that hundred pounds is worth, um, let's say that each one of those pounds is worth a thousand dollars a pound. That's nowhere near the p- price of cocaine, but just for simplicity's sake, $1,000 a pound sending up 100 pounds. 
uh-oh, 20 pounds get caught. Now only 80 pounds are getting up. Well, those 80 pounds don't go up in the exact proportion of um, 100 over 80. They go up higher than that because of the elasticity of demand. And so what you're getting is the cartel gets better profit margins. They make more money the more drugs that are seen up to a certain point. If they get a majority of them, they don't. Right. But up to a certain point, because you know the the actual effectiveness of of stopping drugs coming across borders is very little. It's something like ten to fifteen percent, I think. So they're actually helping all of the drug distributors. They're increasing the profit margins by making the drugs slightly more scarce. Well, from from their view, it's really like you're putting a fucking bandaid over a bullet hole. You're you're achieving, you're giving the impression like, look, we did something good, but the effect it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like in the grand scheme, like you said, it doesn't matter. It has and a so little the, effect. So, but, so you have to look at the downsides of it. Right, you have to look at all the otherwise otherwise innocent, nonviolent people that are in prison because of it. And you look at the load on the taxpayers, which is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at how much money we spend not only on stopping drugs but keep, well, keeping the people in prison. Yeah, it was a couple few years ago. They this was several years ago. I read they they put more uh, California Californians spent more on the prison system than the school system, which is. Fucking insane. You know the U.S. has the highest incarceration rate. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not even close. Yeah. You know, we're way up there. But it's it's just that there's so many fucking arguments to make. There's so few arguments yeah. to make in favor of criminalizing drugs. Yeah. Other than they're, they're bad. Yeah, well, that doesn't matter because they're going to do them anyway. Have you ever met a fucking drug addict? Have you ever, like... Genuinely, I'm asking you, have you ever sat in the same room as a drug addict? Mm-hmm. Can you really fucking tell me that, tell, like, no, that's illegal. Don't do that. Oh, it these, doesn't these fucking matter. Like, shit that's when, way less legal than drugs. When you're addicted, <laughs> when you're addicted to a drug, and I mean like a fucking serious drug, it's your life. If you know anything, and if, and if they took the fucking time to learn, you, you have to get inside the head of a drug addict. You have to learn what it means to be addicted to drugs. And even then, until you are a drug addict, like personally, I'm not, I've never had an issue with drugs. So I, I can't even really fully, you know what I mean, understand what these people go through. But until you're addicted, and I'm not necessarily sympathizing with drug addiction, I'm just saying that it becomes your life. You're not the same person anymore. You're trapped within, you're, you're a fucking husk of yourself. Your entire life is about seeking the next the next score you know that next high you're chasing that next high all the time and you know and this sounds antithetical to you know our argument and the whole point of of legalizing it but it's really not it's it's merely i'm merely steady because that is a fact irregardless of legality of the drug it does not matter if it's like for example xanax it's a legal drug it is a legal drug and someone could have a legal prescription and still abuse the shit out of it. Okay, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it's legal or illegal. I'm not saying that legalizing drugs is going to cure drug addiction and the world's going to be a fucking beautiful utopia. Well, Portugal did this. I don't know if you know about this, but they had a huge meth problem and they're having the drugs illegal didn't work. And so what they started doing was they only would arrest um people with um felony quantities or i don't know what they would call it over there but a quantity which would warrant suspicion that they're distributing it mm-hmm. but so small, if it was as mild as just mere possession yeah so basically for mere possession they stopped 
sending people to jail. And what they did was instead they they offered them free state-paid-for treatment. They could go to rehab for free. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they figured instead of... Either way, you're going to be spending money on this person, right? Yep. Maybe instead of locking them up in a cage, you try to rehabilitate. It, yeah, on rehabilitating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, they did this um, between ten and thirty years ago. I don't know when they did it, but I do know the study that they did is after ten years of having done it, their meth abuse rate dropped by fifty percent. Yeah, they did the same similar. By half. Was That's it Sweden crazy. or Switzerland with the heroin in the nineties? I don't know about that. The only one I know of is Portugal. Well, it's it's a very similar situation, but it was with heroin in the mid nineties, which of course. Heroin was a huge. I mean, heroin is having a huge resurgence, but it was a obviously a huge problem in the mid '90s as well. It kind of died off for a while and has recently come back. But um, you know what they did? I cannot remember. I want to say Sweden, but I'm not. It's one of those. They, you know, mo- for the most part, decriminalized it and offered rehab services. And violent crime in relation to drugs has gone down tremendously within the last 20 years. I mean, huge, huge amounts. Because here's the thing. Like I said before, whether drugs legal or illegal, you're going to do it. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. So then what happens is, you know, you're talking about cartel, this, that, and the other. Now it's illegal. Okay, so it's a little harder to get than it would be to just walk in a fucking store and buy like a cigarette. But it's still not that hard. And then you get it. But then what happens is things aren't. Things aren't not only are they not legal, but they're not legitimized. They're, they're not, not regulated. They're not regulated. You can't control so what's going. People exactly. cut it. So That's then, a huge problem. Well, you can cut it, but I'm talking about like then there's that instigates like violent crime and territory and all this yeah. shit. Yeah. Where if it were regulated, it was legalized because they're going to do it regardless. So well, why yeah, the because, fuck not make money off of it rather than spend? That's what kills me. He's like rather than spend billions of dollars fighting the fucking inevitable, why don't we yeah. make billions of dollars yeah. off of what people are going to do? And I, it sounds horrible. I'll profit off of people's illnesses, but here's the thing: they're going to fucking do them anyway. Yeah, they're going to do them anyway. So why the fuck not just make money? Okay, and then I will concede. No, I'm not saying, oh, profit and put that in your fucking pocket. No. Like, then redistribute that money to rehab facilities to try to get these people off of off of these drugs and better their lives. And then you'll see, and then once shit's regulated, blah, 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 you know, you'll start to see violent crime in a relation to drugs go down. Um, I think drug abuse in general will go down. And then the prison system will become highly, I mean, probably like 70 fucking percent is a ballpark figure, but I would argue a massive percentage. That shit should be reserved for like rapists and fucking murderers, you know? And and that's that's it. And the rest of these people rehabilitate them into society because a lot of these people aren't bad people, you know? They're just normal people who happen to get caught up in drugs. That doesn't necessarily make them bad, you know? So... And, you, you know, these people like, oh, drug dealers, you're a terrible person. Eh, well, you know, what's the difference? What's the difference between somebody who's profiting off of someone else's shit is, is the fucking pharmaceutical companies? It's the exact same situation. You know, yeah. we're going to, like, what's that? Martin Screlly, the dude who just got into huge shit. He's going to jail, I think, for so. You know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. Martin Screlly. I want to to properly look this fucking guy and make sure. Okay, so huge right here. He's, so he got, let's see how long. It's a bunch of like, um, let's see. Uh, He was arrested by the FBI 
federal charges of security fraud, blah, 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 blah. He was convicted of two counts of security fraud and one count of conspiring to commit security frauds in August, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, seven years in federal pr- He was just sentenced this month, seven years in federal pr- uh, prison. But the more relevant, um, the more relevant statistic or... What did, he, what did he do? What he did, well, I mean, he... He's a pharmaceutical guy, and he like committed a bunch of fraud shit. But more importantly than that, and you know, I think is that they started creating this um, AIDS medication. They started, you know, creating and distributing this AIDS medication, and it was, you know, was shown to be pretty successful. And he spiked the fucking cost by five thousand percent. It's a seven hundred and fifty dollar AIDS drug. So how are you not profiting off of someone else's sickness? Now again, well, they do that with epipens too. Oh yeah. Oh like yeah, five hundred dollars for one of those things. Yeah, you know, and we're we're talking about life threatening situations like AIDS. You know, because AIDS is, you know, it's extreme. It's not what it was. It's an extremely treatable disease. You know, it's very fucking serious if it were to develop into HIV. But it's still, uh, or fuck, I might have it backwards. It might be HIV to AIDS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, not I have it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway, uh, yeah, like it, you. It's very treatable, though. You know, it's not the death sentence that it used to be even 20 years ago. But, you know, what fucking person would be able... Look at this. Drug goes from $13.50 to 750 overnight. You know, you're you're taking advantage of of just people's sickness, and, and it, it's the same thing. Now, you could make a... You know, obviously, it's a, it's a different comparison to argue, you know, AIDS, which is a, a very serious fucking illness... That you could have gotten in a myriad of ways, um, versus you know drug addiction where you chose to do a drug. But you know once you become a drug addict, like I, I very much believe that it is your decision to do a drug that you know has addictive qualities, and then you become a drug addict. It is on you. It's your fault. However, once you are a drug addict, as someone who has known many many drug addicts, you are not the same person. You are not. It will drive you to do things you would never, ever fucking think you would ever do, you know? So these people don't need to be, <laughs> again, I'm not, you know, oh, woe is me, drug addict. I'm, I'm just saying the, the last thing these people need, especially ones who have trouble with, you know, people who are on like Xanax and this and the other have a lot of anxiety problems, blah, blah, blah. The last fucking thing they need are to be criminalized and, and, and fucking punished and you know, recreate these feelings of anxiousness and, and fear, et cetera, et cetera. These people need help. They need help. They need to be rehabilitated. You know, what is the point of throwing someone in a fucking box to rot and other people pay for it when we can use that same money to help them make them better? Yeah. Now, it's a de- it's a different argument for, like, the people I think who should be in prison who are, this is a little bit off topic, but, you know, rapists and murderers, if it were my, you want my personal opinion? I feel like you should get a bullet in the fucking brain. Yeah, I think we should be a lot harsher on that stuff. Yeah, I, I feel like, if beyond a shadow of a doubt, again, a little bit irrelevant. It's mostly about drugs, but yeah. if you... We'll go off on a little bit here. Yeah, if, if you end another human being's life, like some fucking dude who, you know, like mangled a fucking baby and then ate it. What about those fucking school shooters? Oh, Absolutely. Fucking like, they just get brutal. Like, they get like this nice cell with a bed. Like, no, just fucking shoot them like a dog yeah, in the why, street. Yeah, why are we keeping them alive? Now, the fucked up thing is that on average, last I heard, this was years ago, it's about $2 million to keep an inmate 
for life versus it costs, I think it's like $37, $38 million to convict and execute a person, which is fucking insane. You know how much it should cost? The cost of the rope. That's it. You know what the, the Chinese government does is there's a lot of crimes over there that you can get executed for. Like America is one of the the safest places to be a criminal because the law is so so soft on people. Mm-hmm. Like in China, you get the death penalty if you're um, caught distributing any drug, even marijuana. Wow. And when they when they do the death penalty, they don't, you know, they'll do a court hearing and everything, but, you know, courts. You're fucked. Yeah. But the way they do it is they just shoot you in the back of the head with a pistol. I was going to say, probably like fucking firing yeah. squad type shit. And they they send a bill to your family for the cost of the pistol round. Whoa, that's some cold yeah. shit, because dude. Because over there, like in in Asian culture, families are like a really important thing. Like you you don't want to bring shame upon your family. Uh-huh. Like that's because the family is like this one group, and that's how everyone knows them. And so, by sending your family the the bill, that's like just the you know the final way to um, shame your family. Yeah, I guess. that's a big yeah. fuck you. Yeah. God. God. And it's so cheap. It's probably only like 50 cents or something. That's fucked up. Probably cost more to send the bill in the fucking yeah. mail yeah. Than, the, than the fucking route. <laughs> Jesus. That's fucking, that's some savage shit. Yeah. That's some savage that's some But that's, that's shit. why they don't have any crime over there. That's why when yeah, you go I to China, you don't have to worry about getting mugged or shit stolen off you. Okay. I well, mean, and, and that leads into, an, again, a little bit off topic with the whole prison, thing, it, prison system situation. Um, but, for example... You bring that up, that's why they don't have crime. They're fucking scared. Well, a lot of people argue, well, the death penalty doesn't scare anybody into not, you know, murdering and what have you. What do you think? Do you think it does? I think, well, I don't think it's used enough to, to have But if that it were, effect. if it were legitimately people enforced. people do get the death penalty, you know, they're on death row for 20 or 30 years. Oh, yeah. My mom, this is really fucking interesting side bit. I know we're like on a side bit on a side bit yeah. here, but my mom went to school with this guy. They called him Chubb. Don't fucking know why. But, so she was friends. She was an old tomboy. You know, she she always hung out with, with the guys and whatnot, you know, some rough and tumblers. And she went out with this dude named Chubb. They were like 16, 17. And he had this girlfriend. And I think she cheated on him or whatever. This was so fucking long ago. You know, my mom's like 57, I think. Uh, 56, 57. And she, uh, this fucking dude... His his old lady cheated on him, and he stabbed her, I want to say, 37 times. So, pretty fucking dead at that point. And he has been on death row ever since. Still. She yeah. was 17. Yeah, she I'm, is 56 years old now. Yeah, I'm pro-death penalty. Yeah, I'm just like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Like, like Manson. He just died. Come on. Really? The motherfucker's been in yeah. jail since, what, the 60s? Yeah, same Come thing, on. Same thing with, with pedophiles. Oh, absolutely. That 100%. I would argue even more. I would argue more because here's the thing. With a murderer, sometimes there's motive. I don't, I'm not saying it's motive enough to murder a motherfucker, but it's like, I'm like, okay. It's something with passion. It's, yeah, but pedophilia, like you fuck children and that child and worse, the person you murdered, they're fucking dead. Now, granted, the family has to live with it, but the, but the pedophilia victim, they got to live with that shit. Yeah. And it fucks them up for life, which we kind of briefly touched on before. And I think... I don't know. I think when when the death penalty is used, and when when America uses it, it's definitely warranted because we hardly ever use it. Mm-hmm. But I think when it is used, it it, it should be much less uh, 
professional than it is. Oh, absolutely. I think oh, we're going to give you... Dude, I felt that feeling getting fucking anesthesia. Yeah. You know, oh, we're going to give you a... That's a great feeling. Yeah. You ever fucking been under general anesthesia? It's nice. You're going to give you a little shot. Ooh, you just feel like you're fucking melting in your chair. It's, it's fucking lovely. If that's how I get to die, sign me the fuck up. That's a great fucking way to die. Yeah. But that's probably the they they literally find the least painful way. They used to have the electric chair and they quit yeah. doing that because it was You ever seen main. Green Mile? What? Green Mile. You ever uh-huh. seen it? I think it was a Stephen King book. No. Um this dude to put it short, this this fucking huge dude, he actually died a few years ago. He's a good ass actor. Big fucking dude. He was massive. Uh he's wrongly accused of some murder or some shit. And they don't they can't prove or disprove it or whatever. Um, and this one, he's this big black dude, and it's I think it's in the South maybe, and this one uh, guard is like super fucking racist or something. And it's time to execute him. And this fucker, you're supposed to wet the sponge, okay? Because it makes it a little less lethal when, when they execute. More lethal, you mean? Fuck, I can't remember. Yeah, if you wet he was supposed sponge. to wet it or not wet it. I think you're supposed to wet it because it would increase the conductivity and it would be more lethal. And I mm-hmm. would imagine if that you don't sense. wet it, it would be a more painful death and it would take longer. Yes. Yeah. So not wetting it, more painful, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's exactly what happened. He was supposed to wet the sponge so he would die faster. Mm-hmm. He didn't on purpose because he wanted the motherfucker to suffer. And he died this like horrific, painful, awful fucking death. You know, because of this dickhead racist guard. I don't know. It's a fucking great movie. Just a side topic. But anyway... Yeah, it shouldn't be so fucking kind. Like, you were, like, people who go, like, these fucking school shooters. Now, I understand the argument that, you know, all of these people, and, and I'll get to this, like, these people who have mental illness, oh, et cetera, bullshit. et cetera. There's, there's plenty of people that have mental illness that don't shoot up schools. Right. I, that, that's just, that's always driven me insane. The, the people, like, it's true that, yeah, people who shoot up schools are fucked in the head. But the contrapositive isn't necessarily true where you're saying that the reason they did that is because they're fucked in the head. Like, no, the reason they did that is because they're a fucking evil person and they should be killed like such. That's a whole other topic, too. I think it's yeah. an interesting topic. Like, does evil exist? Is evil, is there such a thing as evil? Or is it a, situ- is a series of situations and stipulations that lead to certain circumstances? I think um, evil is in every single person. Yeah, that's some old school philosophy shit. Yeah, but the, talking about evil—that's something for a, a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I would say definitely like a school shooter. I look at it as kind of a, I, personally, I view it as, as overgrown parasites. I think that tiny, frail dog that's breathing too hard underneath that blanket behind you—he has less of a negative impact on this earth than me or you or the best person that's ever lived ever. Whoever that person is, that dog did less shitty things than that person. Doesn't matter. Name him. Still not as good as that shitty dog. It's not even that good of a dog. He's fairly mediocre. He he marks on shit. He's kind of an asshole. But I promise you, his output of shittiness is lower than mine or yours or anybody else's. Okay? So, I think we're overgrown parasites. And I do not think we are any better. We're smarter, but we're no better than any other animal. Well, we're smarter. That makes us even... It gives us even more potential to be more to dangerous. be shittier. Yeah, to be shittier. Absolutely. Because we can so, think of more, more conniving ways. Yep. To, to that another fuck like this dog's too incompetent. Yeah. To do that, he doesn't. He doesn't know. So like, it's like weapons are a great example. We're coming up with weirder and weirder ways to kill each other. Yeah. 
Yeah, very specific shit. Yeah. Where this dog's just like, just fuck off. I want to eat this. As long as you don't try to eat my shit, I'm, I'm, we're cool. Yeah. You know, just stay away from my shit, and we're, we're good. So what I'm saying, though, is these... We, we create so many shitty things in the world. All we do is take from it. I kind of forgot my place, <laughs> to be honest. But we're fucking terrible parasites. That's it. All we do is consume. And so, we have, like you said, we have more of a capacity to do shittier things. And I think that at a certain point, we, this is what I was going to say. You know, if this dog were to become rabid, it is, in my opinion, the ethical thing to do to put him down. Because, you know, it's what, I'm going to butcher the fucking pronunciation. Totalitarianism, perhaps. Oh, that's right. Pretty sure that's it. You know, the greater good. Right, the greater good. This dog, if he's rabid, okay, and I put him down because that's one death, versus he goes biting a bunch of fucking people. And now they're rabid, okay, or he kills or whatever. Now he's fucking like well, eight pound a, dog. There's a thought experiment about that. So it goes like this: you're you're at a track switcher, right, and or you're walking down a train track and you walk up on a track switcher and you hear a train coming, and the track splits ahead of you. I know where this is. This is a trolley problem. I just watched this show called The Good Place. Oh, yeah. And this is the... It's like a lot about philosophy. It's a fucking amazing yeah. show. You should watch this show. It's incredible. Yeah. It's a lot about like, what does it mean to be a good person, bad person, uh, philosophy, uh, existential crises. Yeah, the trolley problem where there's one person here and then there's five here. Yeah. Who do you say? Yeah. You well, might the, know the train, this per- the, Well, no, the thing is that the train is going to hit the five people. Mm-hmm. If... If you don't do anything. Right. So you could just not interfere and five people will die. Right. But you didn't do anything. It's yeah, not so you're you. not the murderer. Yeah. Or you actively switch it to kill the one person, yeah. but does that make so, you a murderer? So your actions killed someone mm-hmm. because Versus of Versus your, your inaction. But, but you saved five people. Your inaction led to five deaths, but you weren't personally responsible. Yeah. Right. There are many ways you could do that experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's really interesting. But what I'm saying is like... Basically, to, the way I see it is someone murders someone, like this, like this dog. Let's pretend he's a big, threatening dog, okay? Well, if he, if he does anything, if, if this fucking dog harms someone, I'm going to put him down so that he doesn't harm, so that he doesn't harm others, okay? But... If he does something bad, it's his fucking time. It's his time to die. Okay. I'll I'll get back to drugs briefly here in a second. <laughs> I know I'm way off topic. I'm way the fuck out. But we took like sidestep. Way sidestep. too. We got way into the prison system and punishment and shit. All I was gonna say is the dog. You know, if he's rabid, he harms others. The ethical thing to do is to put him down so that he doesn't harm other people, animals, etc. So the same applies to a person. You're no better. If you if you end another person's life or many people's, especially many people, like particularly school shooters, it doesn't matter if you're capable of being rehabilitated. It does it does not matter. The point is you ended the lives of numerous people. So the best thing to do is to fucking erase you from existence so that you don't do it again. Yeah, I could lock you in a box and maybe it's and a it's more fitting so much, punishment. It's not even so much that they don't do it again. It's almost the principle of it. Definitely, yeah, like that just, too. Like, just eye for an eye in a yeah. kind of savage way. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, true. This is a whole other topic, the prison system, et cetera. But, I mean, 
they sort of do very easily segue into one another. I feel yeah. like drugs and, 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 you know, its effect on the prison population. And then, But the point that I was trying to make is fucking prisons should be reserved for... It should be like a fucking temporary purgatory holding cell until we fucking put a bullet in the murdering bastard that murdered. That's it, you know? And then rapists, that's a whole other fucking thing. And, you know, pedophiles, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, you could argue, it's it, oh, it's mental illness. It needs to be this, that. But the way I see it is they're a fucking threat to society. If some dude out here is fucking kids, he's a threat to uh, to parents and, and their children. So fuck him. I don't care. Like, yo, he's got a mental illness. Well, he's fucking sick. He needs to be put down. That's the way it goes. That's the way it fucking goes. Like, there, there's just a point where you just, you are a threat to to the greater good. Yeah. You are more harmful than helpful. But, yeah, anyway, going back to fucking drugs, honestly, that shit is tame compared to what I'm just talking about. You know, murdering this, that, and the other yeah. fucking school shit. They're just bigger problems in the world. That's all there is yeah. to it. Like, you've got dudes who, who have some fucking mental... Somebody didn't love them hard enough. Like, what what's the fucking dude who murdered all them people not long ago? Uh, Elliot Rogers, I want to say. You remember that shit? No. He was the son of, like, some movie producer or something. He, uh... Was out in California. He had you can find these videos on YouTube. They are cringy as fuck about how no girl loved him and blah 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 blah. blah. And he like just viciously murdered, ran over some people and shot them and whatever, stabbed them. I don't fucking know. So a lot of that comes from just severe mental illness. And you know, could they be rehabilitated? Maybe, but honestly, for the sake of the, of the closure for the families and and other things, like there just needs to be greater repercussions we're too lenient and that's really the overarching fucking theme of this entire episode is 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 america has become a big fat giant gaping wet pussy that's it stop being such a pussy that's my advice you want my fucking advice uh somebody in 2018 how do i uh, stop being a pussy that's the really the fucking most sound advice anyone could ever give you or you could rephrase that and say take on responsibility Definitely. That sounds. That might give people a little bit more. Yeah, sure. Which would be the what's his name, Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I think that's that would be his more eloquent way of putting it. Take responsibility. Be a man. Sure, sure, Uh, for sure. But as far as drugs go, yeah, it's just so, it's so tame. The world, it's fucking bananas to be human. It's fucking bananas. So I don't blame a motherfucker but who see, has such a chaotic life and just wants to yeah, wind down see, and smoke a fucking joint no one really talks about it being bananas and so people that start to to like he was saying that he couldn't get any girl to like him people that they see the whole world as fucked you know they think okay either I'm fucked up and I'm doing something wrong or the world is wrong and then if you go down the path that the world is wrong far enough you get to the point where you want to destroy everything and take yeah, as many people absolutely. with you as you can. And that's why those people do that. And so in order to avoid that path altogether, you could just start using personal responsibility. Even if you're not directly responsible, like I was saying earlier, for things that happen to you, you working to actively improve yourself to better your place in the world will prevent you from going down that path. Yeah, but I do think this is kind of what was said at the beginning of like, uh, you know, sometimes it's better to just be quiet sometimes but on that note of what you're just talking about i do think it mental illness and et cetera, et cetera. i think a lot of time it's not really mental illness i think you're just human yeah and you just think yeah right and you just think, yeah, right, you just think fucking shit and i long. think that 
it should be okay to talk about. Yeah. It should be okay to share these thoughts and communicate. And, you know, the, the fucked up thing is that most people are terrified to let these things out because they don't want to be perceived as abnormal, even though we're all thinking and feeling the yeah. same fucking thing and none of us want to say it, you know. So we all have to act normal. And then we go insane, like you said, questioning if we're normal, the world's fucked up, whatever. We should just be permitted and, and just feel like it's okay to talk about the shit. And so we can balance out and be like, oh, you feel that way too sometimes? Oh, okay, fuck. You know, yeah. it's not so bad. Yeah. Maybe People I'm not just crazy. Have to establish a dialogue. Yeah, we and just need to expand the domain of language. But that's what leads to like a lot of the fucking drug abuse problems we have because people it is so stigmatized to talk about so you know they don't and then you're you know people who are like so they oh well want to think about it they don't want to think about it so numb it. you're right so they they just numb it they're like oh well if i have to shut the fuck up and it's not okay for me to talk about then and i'll everyone, just numb the voice everyone thinks you have to go to some psychologist that costs 300 dollars an hour just to talk about the stuff no you don't you just talk to your fucking friend your your you know whoever you know your fucking spouse just open up just be real just be real. Fucking say what's in your motherfucking heart. That's it. It doesn't have to be so complicated. It's okay to be a little fucking off. Like, it's a fucked up world that we live in. It doesn't matter. It's always been fucked up. It will always be fucked up. You know? We are just a fucking strange anomaly. We probably just shouldn't exist. You know? Think about how fucking gross and weird it is to be a human. You know? We fucking spout out gross fucking spooge seed to to impregnate we fucking have disgusting smelly piss and shit and all kinds we fucking vomit a bunch of garbage like we have to shovel shit in our mouths just to stay alive like it's fucked up it's fucked up to be human so you know it's all right it's okay to be a little fucked but it doesn't have to lead to drug abuse but having said that i do feel like if you're feeling like you can't open up or or you just don't want to you're afraid to whatever it still should be your personal liberty to choose to take that drug so long as it is kept away from children and people who are impressionable and just are not really capable of making an independent decision i think the point here is just that the government doesn't have any business in telling people yes what they can what chemicals they can and can't put into their bodies absolutely Yes, that's exactly what it should. What the what the entire point should be. See, the problem with that, though, that a lot of people would raise, because it's a libertarian argument, right? The fact that all drugs should be legal, and the problem with um, libertarian and libertarianism in general is that people just aren't any damn good. They just, <laughs> just no damn they just good. can't take care of themselves. They're just no so, damn good. Like, that's the problem with anarchy: is that you know if you're going to leave everyone to their own devices to take care of themselves. No one's going to take the trash out, yeah. you know. The lights would quit working because no one's going to go to work to fix the lights, you know. It's just, it's a miracle that when you flip on the light switch, the lights come on. Like, that we're able, that there's people that go to work every day to make sure that shit works. And that they actually do their job good enough so that it keeps working, most of the time at least. But, you know, there's a lot of, country, there's a lot of countries that have shitty power grids. And it's on and off all the time. Just for that very reason, no one does shit. And so it's like, if that's the problem with anarchy is that no one has their own social responsibility yeah. and not the kind of social responsibility that's, that's like preached from the pulpit, you know, but like real social responsibility that right. has to come from inside. And if everyone could just be responsible for themselves, you wouldn't need a government. But until that happens, you do need a government keeping things in check. 
Right, but see, that's the thing is that I feel like the government's job should be to protect and serve, but it it's got it's it's to enforce. Yeah, it's supposed it's to, to be to enforce it's supposed and use to be force. the the it's supposed to be the arm of all the people in the country. Right. And the the government represents the people and is run by the people for the people. Yeah, it should it should be about uh you know, regulating and enforcing this and that. It should be, you know, making sure the fucking forest is okay and and all this other shit and just protecting people and and you know like letting people have the individual right and liberty to to do drugs but as long as they're paying taxes also offer them instead of incarcerating them punishing them bleeding the fucking taxpayer dry use the instead make money profit use that money to rehabilitate these people and help them it's just an archaic concept in general the, the this it's just a cultural fear of that mm-hmm. entire thing, this this need to lock them up, it's more of a misunderstanding. I think most things are just well. A it's it's the, it's the old guard, you yeah. know. It's the old guard. They're old. Once they're dead, I think the world will be a different place. Oh yeah, it changes all the time, generation to generation. Uh, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying it'll be a better place. <laughs> I think in general, it's been going in the better direction, though. Yeah, it, it may. It may. I mean, it, the world there's there's less violence in the world than ever before, and there yeah. has been consistently throughout human history. Well, it's just these old dinosaurs. You know, they're just fucking. They're ancient, and they they're like you said, they're archaic. They're they're not willing to evolve and adapt. Yeah. You know, as well, we most grow people and we in learn, the government are old. Right. Like that's what I'm old, saying. They're fucking old, old like as shit. Sixty, seventy. Sixties? No, I mean like fucking eighty, man. There's motherfuckers in there that's in their eighties, like way in there, way in there. McCain's still doing shit. He's old as fuck. So I think I'm the only one that's ever that I've ever heard say there should be like an age limit. Like there's a minimum age. Like shouldn't there be a maximum age? There should be. Yeah. Because I mean that would that would make it so that because the average American isn't 80, you know. Like I think it'd be interesting to look at the age of the average politician compared to the average American. Much older, yeah. Because you'd want, you know, in order for politicians and the government, which is basically what politicians You want someone your age demographic yeah. to be reflective yeah. of your needs. I think I think Politicians should be reflective of the American demographic in every every way. Yeah, I think the only but counter argument is like that they're that. older because they have, they have more experience and yeah, they've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I can see that, but you know, it's just it's just two different worlds. You know, you have the modern world wants one thing, and then the fucking government's just so old and yeah. antiquated. But I think in time that'll that'll better, but that'll get better. But still, as far as drugs are concerned, it's it's an individual choice. It's not we're not talking about. This, that, and the other, fucking guns and whole other arguments. We're talking about personal recreational drug use, and I mean, and we barely even touched on, like, not only should it just be your personal liberty, and it should be none of their fucking business. And even having said that, they'll stand a profit. Not only will they not spend anybody's money, they will make fuckloads of money, which we can then in turn help. Not only be able to rehabilitate these people or help rehabilitate these people. We could build fucking schools and hospitals, all kinds of shit. Can all kinds of good can come from this. But we barely fucking skim the surface of of the benefits of many of these drugs. Now a lot of these drugs, oh, yeah. not not necessarily so, but like no. weed, a lot of a lot of fucking short way more benefits than not. And then you know, psychedelics, if used mm-hmm. responsibly, yeah. responsibly, which could almost be an entire subject in and of itself. You know, well, there, there's, I mean, some of the studies that I can that I can name that I know of were psychedelics. There's one where they were given to dying cancer patients, and again, I don't remember the exact numbers, but I know 
a vast majority of them achieved um, a sort of being okay with the fact that they were going to die compared to the control group that absolutely wasn't. yeah I could definitely attest to that yeah. feeling so sure. it, it's good for coping with uh, aspects of mortality well because it's, it's a reflective when it's a very reflective yeah. experience because while much of the drug use today is about masking uh, your true self or your true feelings psychedelics are the in- complete opposite it's about pulling it out and allowing you to face the truth and hopefully overcome it. And I mean, the the consequences of that from people who've taken these drugs are readily apparent. There was one polling study that was done where they polled, I think it was 30,000 people. And out of the 3,000 or so of those people that had taken psychedelics, all of the people that had taken psychedelics at some point in the past were healthier on all dimensions. Really? According to the, the study, yeah. They were healthier physically, um, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. They, they all led healthier lifestyles, on average at least, in all those dimensions. I can believe that. It's a, it's an extremely... I mean, again, I, I, what, I don't know if I would necessarily make the argument, oh, everyone should do it. I don't know. Well, that's why I said on average. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think some people are just so fucking stupid, they really won't yeah. get anything from it. Yeah, They'll ha- just have like a nice, cool trip, maybe. Or yeah. a terrible trip. I don't fucking know. Well, see, so one thing I've noticed about psychedelics and even marijuana because I would group marijuana as a psychedelic drug just a very mild one at that mm-hmm. but I noticed there's two types of people mainly I mean like I said there's high genetic variability between individuals there's people who get fucked up and there's people who learn there's people that it who take it seriously which would be another way to take phrase learn even with weed you think yeah because like I me included, along with some of my friends that I know, my more responsible friends, and generally the smarter friends, when they smoke weed, they get they don't like smoking it that much. They don't, they can't smoke it every day, including me, because they get a little anxious. They when they do it, they usually only do it alone because other people just it's not a party drug for them. What I'm saying, they use it to just relax by themselves, but it's not something. And even then, you can st- it still is abrasively introspective, much more so with, with acid or other psychedelic drugs. But I noticed there's a whole other class of people that take them, and it's just like this kind of uh, euphoric bliss that they fall into. Like it's nothing but happiness and just <laughs> colors and bright lights. And it's like, I don't get that. I, I, when I have done psychedelics, I, it's always been serious and intense and um, just profound. Yeah. Whereas some people, it's just. Well, do you think that has to do with the whole um, genetic variability? I think it has a little bit to do with that, but I think it also has to do with um, that person's view of life and how seriously they take it. I think you take. I think how seriously you take life determines how seriously you take experiences that you go through in life. And if you're just kind of the person where it's like, oh, everything's all bullshit anyway, then if you have a powerful drug experience, you're going to see it as bullshit anyway, and it's just going to be blissful colors. But if you're the type of person that tries to learn and analyze and take seriously every experience, then you're going to take it seriously because it's magnified in either direction depending on the type of person you are. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely think that, God, there's just so much to say. There's so much. There's so much to say 
about psychedelics is is definitely a fucking class I mean, it, of its own. It's like we're just going to talk about psychedelics for like half of this one podcast, but there's there's so much unexplored territory there. I mean, you could yeah. I mean, the, that's a podcast unto itself. I'll be honest. That's a. It's been hour and fifteen minutes. Like it's it's definitely a discussion unto itself. Yeah. It's so, you know, I again, if ever if ever there were drugs, this should be legal. Hundred percent. Yeah. Those should be Only fucking so. it. Those should be it. Yeah. Because, in my experience, what I will say to just put it briefly is, I would not be the person I am today if it weren't. From my experience. And you just took acid once. One fucking time. I mean, one experience. I've one. Ta- I've taken acid twice, mushrooms once, and yeah. DMT about three times. Yeah. And So that's just fucking exponentially. Yeah. Well, see, I mean, I, I had to give, you know, six or so months between those experiences at They're least. Intense. There's, it was extremely intense. Just from, for me, and that was just... Yeah. You know, like, that, that, that's... It's not, you know, some kitty t-ball or something. That's no. serious, hardcore shit. Yeah, but I mean, in if, the best way ever. Yeah, in the best possible. And again, not just the core. Th- 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 no, I mean it's 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 all about the like you stated. It's all about the the individual. Like for me, I went into it wanting something specific. I wanted something out of it. I went into it. Obviously, I had my fears, like anybody would. Yeah. Having oh, know, I'm trepidatious taken, of it. I'm, oh, I get nervous just talking about the stuff. Yeah, like it's it's so. <laughs> It's a whole other fucking dimension. It's a whole other world. So, like, for me, it's about, I went into it, I had, as you know, like, just crippling, fucking paralyzing, panic-inducing fear of death, you know, which later finding out I needed fucking open-heart surgery, it just, like, the timing. I don't know. It would have been a completely different fucking world had I not. right there. Yeah, had I not had that experience prior, it would have been so much harder to deal with. Interesting thing for me is I saw my first UFO and the only one I've ever seen in my life about two weeks after I took four and a half grams of mushrooms. Damn. Yeah. Well, no. There's a lot of shit. There's just so much shit compacted in it. And for me, it was very... It's weird, the, the feeling of you know camaraderie the feeling of connection like we're all sitting in front of the fire you know with brad doing the shit and and it's just i could i felt like we were all sort of feeling the same thing i know terrence mckenna had this um metaphor about that where he said you when you're sober people look like islands out in the ocean these individual little things but when you take psychedelics all the water gets drained away and you realize that all the islands are just one big landmass. Yeah, that that is, that's is a very way, a good way of putting it. It's true. Um, you know, you you're very. You know, it takes it takes a little while, kicks in, and then once it does, you're just waiting. You're fucking with bated breath, and then once it yeah. does, it's just like it's it's an elation, a euphoria at first. Well, at you're first. talking about LSD now, yes. just to make it clear for anyone yeah, listening. Yeah, 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 definitely, specifically LSD, and your you're you're elated you're euphoric but then and you start to talk and laugh and it's kind of like just being yeah. fucked up at yeah. first there's a come up for the, probably about yes. between 20 minutes and an hour in yeah definitely and you know you're laughing and everything's fucking hilarious almost yeah. like you're high just yeah. you know it's, weed it's or some speedy. shit yeah yeah but then your mind starts to move at such an exponential pace and yeah. your words cannot possibly keep up with them it can't it's and just it's almost 
it's just this grasping after you like you can never do justice the things that you're realizing no, not at even, all even if there's no way to even get them on paper because you can't write that fast and you can't even record it because no. you can't talk that fast there's no, just no you, it's way. like you have fucking a wad of molasses in your mouth when you're trying to talk like it eventually gets to the point you know you're laughing you're having a good time with your buddies but then we got so deep in that all of us, I feel like, had the same experience where we're trying to, but then you just can't. You just yeah. reel it back, and then it's awkward. Yeah. For some reason, you you were like hyper fucking aware and sensitive, and it yeah. becomes awkward. And you just you try to speak, but then you just like, there's no fucking way I can possibly. Yeah. It's like it's not even worth it. Manifest. If I say it, it's, it's not worth it. Sound it's retarded. gone. By the t- by the time you say what you were gonna say, it's gone. Yeah. You're on to the it's next gone. thing. You're moving at a million miles an hour yeah. in your mind. So then, you know, eventually it gets quiet. And it's incredibly introspective at that point. Like you're all aware. Because it of comes each other. in it comes in waves. Yeah. And if, are, you're, if you're in a group, the waves tend to affect everyone at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah, it's like the fucking wave woo, with yeah. your arms, you know. And so, it gets it, it alternates between this quiet, heavily yeah. introspective, and then um, a social group think type yeah. of thing. Yeah, and then, and then but that that's fleeting because it's yeah it's so intense it, it, you can't yeah. keep it going. But the overarching, uh, I think, theme was the fire the fu- for me the fucking fire so this fire pit in my backyard and uh you know this fires roaring whatever and you know again i went into this wanting to just conquer a fear of death so i have this little fire poker and i'm just constantly poking this fucking fire to no end trying to just stave it and keep it alive obviously a clear fucking metaphor for just wanting to stay alive wanted to keep it going wanted to keep the flames going and I noticed eventually everything got incredibly quiet and you could just fucking, you could hear a pin drop, the, the most mild fucking breeze at night, late. And then eventually I noticed you you and him, like nobody was saying shit and we were all looking at the fire. It, it was just this fucking communicate, like this fucking unspoken, you know, attention pointed toward the fire, and you Some all are primal shit. It was very people, primal. People sitting around a fire that's yeah. been going on for tens and hundreds of thousands of years. And you all are watching me poke the fire. I'm watching the fucking fire. It's all we're all just looking at the fire. And it started going out. And then we all, yeah, we all started to know it was you know starting to taper off, taper off, taper off. And I knew it was coming, and and it was just this connection to to life itself, to death, and. I kept thinking I'm gonna die. I mean, because that's I'm what life die. is. I mean, that's what life is—is is literally combustion. You're taking fuel and you're mm-hmm. burning it and producing waste, and eventually it's gonna it's gonna fucking extinguish. It's gonna go. And you know, I'm not entirely sure what was going on in your all's heads, but for me, it was this flame's gonna go out. My life, and thus my life will end. And so I connected the flame to my life, and I'm like, well, the flame's gonna go. I'm going to go. One day I'm going to go. How am I going to feel? I know and the think, flame's going to go. Think of the metaphors, too, because the more you poke it, the bigger the flames get, but the faster it goes out. That's true. It's like the whole live fast, die the hard. live faster, but you, yeah. you die a little faster. Yeah. So Live harder, you die a little faster. So poking the flames, poking the flames. I know it's coming. I fucking, I know it's coming. And it, all I can think is, you know, how am I going to digest it? How am I, am I going to like freak the fuck out? Am I going to break down? What, what am I going to do? You know, I've never, it's like, it's just genuinely confronting death. What, what will it be? And so it starts to get lower and lower and lower. And then finally, it's gone. It's smoke. And it was strange. I don't know what you, what you all felt, but for me. A huge wave of relief. Yes. Incredible relief. Like the fucking universe had just been lifted off my shoulders. And I thought it was funny. 
Like I laughed. Yeah. I was so relieved, and I was like, because you realize <sighs> that the whole fear of death is absurd. It's absurd. It's fucking. It doesn't matter. Like it will be. Yeah. It will be. What will be, will be, and that's it. That's all. It doesn't matter. It's okay. It's all. It's just. It's okay. I'm not saying. Oh, there's a fucking. There's life beyond that. 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 I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It just. It will be. Yeah. You will die, and it's okay. It's okay. Like that's all. It's all. It doesn't yeah. matter. What's. It's just. You're. It's okay. And that's what it just felt like being fucking nervous and jittery, and yeah. then just someone takes their hand and just goes like this. Yeah. You know, puts it over yours, and it's like it's okay. So, and then. All the serious shit starts to kick in. You start to see shit, blah, 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 blah. For me, it was mostly just patterns and waves, and everything I touched was, I've told this before, you know, I touch my tiny dog who's laying over there fucking knocked out, his legs kicked up. I touch him, and I see my energy. I, genuinely, it was almost like a fucking x-ray. I could see through my skin into the bone, and it, but it wasn't just bone. It was beautiful. It, it was like designs and yeah. all kinds of shit on the bone and, and the fucking sinew and muscle fibers it was it was well, so amazing do, do you think this is a, a kind of different idea of psychedelics but do you think there was any was that real or was it in your head and that it's a complicated question it's, it is very it's complicated simpler than a, a dualism i mean it's more complicated than a simple dualism of yeah either i think fake or real i'm not gonna say for certain it's one or the other because obviously i, I don't know but for me I do question, I'll put it this way, more inquisitively rather well, a question than a statement. I, I question. Think, yeah, I think asking a question like that, was it real or not, makes the, um, it, it makes you have some kind of pompous idea that you somehow know what reality right, exactly, is. Exactly, exactly. There's just no, we're beer peasants. Like, yeah. come on, don't, you're, we're not qualified. I mean, like, I remember when I took 4.5 grams of mushrooms and that was some hit, man. I mean, yeah. I mean I've mean, i taken pretty heavy hits of acid. That night when you were talking about when we took acid, I took three hits that night. Mm-hmm. But that was nothing compared to 4.5 grams of mushrooms. <laughs> and I remember because Terrence McKenna would say he'd take five dried grams. That's the heroic dose. Heroic and dose. That's what he called it, yeah. And <laughs> you were right on the cusp. I couldn't do it, man. I had the fi- I had five, and I was like, I can't. I can't. Oh, you were do right it. there. I, I, I couldn't do it, and it's a good thing I didn't. I was. Ah, oh, I had. I was I was out of this this campsite way out in the mountains, and I was I was sitting I was sitting on a towel, and it was about an hour in, and I could see this thing coming, like this huge thing like 10 miles wide and like a mile out and it was just and it was coming and all I had time to do was just lay down on the towel and I just laid on my back and it just boom <laughs> like like a like a like when you're in the desert and there's a sandstorm coming that's what it looked like and it just completely yeah yeah and <laughs> there's there's some some pretty I, I don't really remember most of it, unfortunately. But there's some, there are unexplored places in there. Strange places. I mean, we know as much about psychedelics as um, Christopher Columbus knew about the American continent when he first landed. Like so, Jack. That's what it's fucking like. Shit, yeah. Jack. Shit. Like when you do psychedelics, you're like a European explorer coming to America. Right. You don't know who's out there, 
what they're doing, what the land looks like, what the terrain is like, how to get around. Yeah, there's so much. There's so much more. There's just so it could just go. Yeah, it could just go and go and go. I'd probably save. I'd save like the the de- the the deets. Yeah. For for another time. Yeah, maybe is, we'll there's, have a, there's a, so much substance there. Maybe we'll have a podcast dedicated to psychedelics. Yeah, we'd have no problem God. filling up another oh, hour. Yeah, no, there's no. It's easy, easy. All right, I think we'll end this one here. All right. All right. That'll do it. That'll do it.